0: It's a nice shirt you got there.
1: Do you love your partner, your family, someone? Just random. Do you want to get them a gift? It's almost Christmas or whatever you celebrate. Or it's not, just get it for fun. But we have merch and it says, and then everybody died. The end. Famously said by our friend and savior, loved yeah. one, wife, <laughs> Vivi. But yeah, it's almost New Year. People in 2KY thought people were gonna die at the end of the year. So hey, if you wanna get it just for the jokes. And then everybody died at the end. You can wear it in January 1st and post about it. But get our merch. No, seriously. Go go to our website. Buy our stuff. Support us. Love
0: us. We love you. You still said 2KY.
1: 2KY. Why 2K? Okay, okay? all right. I was not. I was 8 when it happened. the Shaking Out Scared Podcast. Here with you as always, Eric and BB. Today we're talking about 1987's film Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, directed by Lee Harry. But before we get into that, how are you, BB?
0: It's the holidays.
1: It really is. And if you are stressed out about it or happy, we are too. Why not both? It sucks. But, But it's fun. We're not at Christmas yet. The closer we get to it, the more... Excited, I get about it because lately things have just been more stressful than happy.
0: Oh, you mean how like Ripley pooped in her crate an hour before we started recording?
1: Piles of poop, too. It it
0: was so much. Ripley needs help. (laughs) (laughs) She's a baby.
1: We're doing the best we can. And and look at us one minute in, already talking about pooping.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It wouldn't be our podcast if we didn't. And a reminder that we're on YouTube if you like visual podcasts.
1: Yeah, seriously. Do you have anything for creepy content?
0: We have a couple things. We finally watched some of the year's biggest. Horror movies that we missed, which include Smile, Barbarian, and Pearl.
1: We watched them all at like the same time, right? Yeah, in like
0: one night. Do you want to rapid fire your opinions of each?
1: Yeah, so I liked Pearl, but I was confused the whole time. It wasn't until we finished it that I was like, oh, I thought it was the origin story for Mia Goth's character in X, but it was actually for the older lady, Pearl.
0: Yes, who Mia Goth also plays. I would say it was enjoyable. Mia Goth does so well as that character. I liked X better. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's a fun origin story in terms of more gore and fun. X is what does it for me. However, Pearl is definitely more like psychological, get behind the viewpoint of the killer.
1: Yeah, every time I see a farm now, I'm like, oh, that's pearl. People are getting murdered. We watched Thanks Killing Afterward and there's like yes. a scene in front of a farm. I was like, "Oh, in the background Pearl's killing somebody." I do like the cartoony like old style of the movie Pearl though. Like how it's got like the old time ETV show transitions and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It feels like I love Lucy on a farm and murder.
0: And I wonder if it has something to do with like her mental break and how she views the world as like cartoony and a TV show and a movie and perfect.
1: Barbarian, every time that I mentioned it to somebody, I'm like, oh, it's like Airbnb gone wrong. Don't look in the basement if you go to an Airbnb kind of thing. Yeah. I think it was good. I was left wanting more because the threat, once it was revealed, felt kind of like, all right, we know what the th- threat is there was a phrase in the middle that made me think there was more to it and then when more didn't come I was like oh so when it ended I was kind of like left with that
0: so it's not less it is more you wanted more
1: yeah because the guy's like that's not the only thing that's in the basement and I was like oh great there's more when nothing crazier happens I was like oh all right well like okay
0: I think I enjoyed it I don't know if this is like okay I'm gonna try not to compare the two but Since we saw Smile and Barbarian literally back to back, I enjoyed both. I think I did enjoy Barbarian a little more just for its framing and storytelling. And Smile, there was times where it like lulled a little bit for me. But I think I enjoyed Barbarian a little more than you did.
1: Smile, I think, was good for me because I cringe every time anyone smiles in the street. I don't trust anyone's smile. Fair enough. (laughs) There are a lot of like metaphors that send you for a loop. And then there's a joke at the end that literally goes for the... She's being gaslit.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Let us know if you want us to cover any of these soon because they're kind of fresh in our brain right now. So I think it'd be good. (laughs) What do you have for creepy content?
1: So we watched Wednesday on Netflix and it's got Jenna Ortega. Love her and everything that she does. I don't think I've seen anything that I didn't like. I thought it was good. We are obviously big fans of The Addams Family. We have pictures from Halloween, many Halloweens ago. I liked everything. I'm not fully convinced. Not to say that I hate it. I'm not saying that I don't like it. The portrayal of Morticia and Gomez. It's not... Anything to do with the way that they look or anything like that. It's just the way that they're written brings them down a notch from how high I hold them. So, like, I've always thought that they're, like, fearless, campy, funny characters that are just, like, yeah, danger, death, murder, horror, macabre, etc. Everything is a okay. These characters seem more, like, skittish. Or it seemed more like they were less invincible than some other portrayals. But other than that... The whole show was great. It was cool to see Wednesday and Thing and without spoilers, I can't say much, but it was good.
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed seeing The Adams Family be Latino,
1: which- Much to people's dismay.
0: Yeah. I understand your point, but I feel like they were going for a much more cartoony vibe for this, which you can enjoy different adaptations of each.
1: Yeah, the show's not about them anyway. That's why it's not like it ruined the show for me or anything like that. The focus is obviously Wednesday. It's literally just phrases yeah. and like characteristics that are like, oh, that doesn't really seem like them, you know?
0: So I think... It falls under that cartoon category where the adults aren't really adults and the kids are the ones that know more than the adults. And again, the center of the show is Wednesday and not them. But I truly loved it. I hope season two is coming.
1: Yeah, oh well, yeah. Yeah, go watch it if you haven't already.
0: <laughs> I mean, it'd be kind of dumb if it didn't because I think it got great ratings.
1: I'd say that about a lot of shows that have been canceled.
0: That's true. So. Everything gets canceled.
1: <laughs> They're like, oh, everyone loved this? Fuck, everybody. Fuck you. Yeah. Before we move on to comfort content, we also released Things Killing. Not going to say anything on this. Go watch on Patreon. Support us. Love us. Be us by going to Patreon and listening to us talk a horrible movie called Things Killing. It was fun. It was fun. (laughs) (laughs) What do you have for comfort content?
0: I've just been recently listening to this podcast. I don't think it's new. It's been out for a while. It's called Someplace Underneath and it's from the last podcast network. It's not exactly true crime. It's more of the study of like cults and social media and things like that. And it is woman led to female podcasters. So if you like last podcast on the left, but you like more stories centered around like religious trauma, not what you like that stuff, but like you find it interesting to study those kinds of things. They go into detail about that and do like multiple episodes on like the Duggar family and cases like that. So I've been listening to that recently.
1: Because you love your religious drama.
0: <laughs> I was raised Catholic, and that's all I will say about that. Mm.
1: I did hear you listening to a little bit. And I even thought it was another podcast. But when I heard the ad for Last Podcast on the Left, I was like, oh, they got a network now.
0: They do. They have a lot of shows. Okay. I love them and listen to them religiously. But sometimes they cover subjects that I'm just like, eh, I don't particularly care about that subject. Mafia stories and things like that don't oh. really interest me. I was recently listening to one of their episodes that talked about, like, mommy vloggers and the repercussions that that's going to have in the future, which I think is really messed up and interesting. Yeah, so. mine
1: when straight to the one particular video that I showed you yes and I've seen so many YouTubers cover it but Mm -hmm. it's so insane that people do that it's a thing
0: it's gonna be interesting to see what happens to these poor kids as they get older what about you
1: we finally finished what if the Marvel show from like last year we were on the last two episodes it was a good time If you like the Marvel movies, the MCU is obviously not too far away from the What If universe. The What If universe explores alternate universes. and It's kind of a dark side to the Marvel universe because there's the zombie storyline, which I love so much, the comic. And then on top of that, just watching Darman bingo videos put together by Jarvis Johnson on YouTube. So if you like horrible life lesson videos and then want to play bingo along with them, go check them out. They're pretty funny. It's just like for... Our Hispanic audience, Rosa de Guadalupe, where each episode is trying to teach you a fucking like, moral story put on by religion. It's kind of like that. It's just like treat the everyday retail worker horribly and something bad's going to happen to you. And then the whole thing's like you spit in a retail worker's face and then like you become poor and then now the retail worker's rich and then they spit in your face.
0: To be honest, in a perfect world, that sounds just. I don't think you should be mean to retail workers.
1: <laughs> the point they're trying to make, I feel like, in theory, is supposed to be good. It's but just ridiculous. But the way they do it okay. is ridiculous. And then just commentary that they make on certain topics is also just not okay.
0: Gotcha. I mean, it just, it does sound like Rosa de Guadalupe.
1: It's funny to just have on in the background and listen to the ridiculousness of it. Darman Bingo is one of them, but I also listened to his Factor Fiction ones, which are also funny. It's like, dude pulls over and sees a girl on the bus stop, and there's like a broken down exploding bus in the background. And he's like, do you need a ride? She's like, I'm waiting for my bus. He's like, oh, it's broken down back there. And then he's like, all right, cool. And then he drops her off. And then she's like, all right, thanks for the ride. I'll see you around. And he's like, okay, cool. And then he comes back because his buddy's like, yo, she wanted to go on a date with you and then he's like all right you're right so then he goes to her house and he's like hey you want to go on a date and then this girl's like nah she's not here she died
0: (laughs) i'm not even following the story anymore (laughs) she's
1: like nah she died and then he's like wait what and then he looks at the pictures and it's like her niece so she died forever ago it was her ghost
0: oh that's like a super common ghost story
1: yeah and they're like fact or fiction and they're like it was fact and they're like oh what
0: that was quite the story.
1: I'm sorry. I have to live through it, so now you do too. <laughs> Before we go into the fun facts of this show, let's talk about this drink. Future us.
0: Transition.
1: So since this movie doesn't really have a lot to do with Christmas, we at least wanted to keep something close to Christmas. What drink do we have today?
0: We have the eggnati or Nice twice, since it's the same drink, basically, that we made for Silent Night, Deadly Night. Mm. We thought it'd be really funny to just make the exact same drink and tell you to add an extra shot of Hennessy, which is what's in the original, but we decided not to be that lazy. Instead, you are going to take three ounces of eggnog, one ounce of rum chata, and one ounce of fireball whiskey. There you go. <laughs> <I> could not <laughs> think of it. Do you want to try it? Yeah, let's
1: try it. Hmm. You know, rumchata is not too bad on its own, so putting in other ingredients I think helps complement it.
0: I think it works pretty well in a lot of mixed drinks. So what do you think of the ignati or ignice twice?
1: I think it's good. I like all the flavors that come together. They're definitely flavors like the cinnamon uh, from the fireball and then the rumchata gives it like that. Well, it's already got overwise eggnog, right? Which is what we yes, chose last time. So specifically. If you can get overwise eggnog specifically, or any kind of creamier eggnog that you can find nearby. I think otherwise it's Midwest. We confirmed that last time. Okay. Yeah, so (laughs) (laughs) if you can, get your hands on it. Look for it. Otherwise, use whatever creamy, you know, good-tasting eggnog you can get. But I think all the flavors come together pretty nicely. I give it a four out of five. What about you? Four out
0: of five. That's pretty high for you. For the holidays. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's very eulish. It's a very good Christmas cocktail if you are annoyed with your family. And it's a little, I think... Strong? I think so. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All the flavors definitely hide the alcohol, but it's got a decent kick.
0: So you'll be very good and happy on your family reunions if you're spending this with family or if you want to drink alone.
1: Otherwise, you're going to be screaming, Garbage Day! And kicking (laughs) Um, your whole family out of the house.
0: I'm also going to give it a four out of five.
1: Okay. So pretty high. Yeah. Give it a shot. Sip it while you listen to the rest of this wild ass movie. It might not be garbage day, but it is drinking day. So go sip that drink while we jump into these fun facts.
0: All right. Are you ready for some ridiculous fun facts?
1: If they're as ridiculous as this movie, yes, I am.
0: Okay. So I found these mostly on IMDb. So take these as you will. But... I am so glad that someone noted down this fact because it was something that I was wondering while watching this movie. Ricky's eyebrows move up and down 130 (laughs) times.
1: The fact that they counted is... I was
0: going to say, did someone collect this by watching it and counting it? Because how else would you know?
1: And how accurate? Now I want to go watch and count. Let's do this. (laughs) Yeah. Also, are we counting each individual eyebrow? Because he does switch. He does the...
0: Oh, yeah, he does. I can't do it, but Eric can do it. There you go. Yeah. It was something that I noticed immediately watching this film. I could not focus on anything other than his eyebrow acting.
1: This movie is so full of camp that it's like, this guy probably didn't do anything else after this, did he?
0: Deliciously camp. And I don't think that was their intention. (laughs) Oh, is it not? Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, I think the actor made it. As campy as it was.
1: Was it one of those situations where he thinks he's doing good and he's not? It comes off as camp, not serious.
0: I wasn't going to mention these fun facts, but it seems like he got conflicting direction. The director wanted him to be like very witty and creepy, while one of the producers wanted him to be like stoic. And I think what we got was something in between that does not work well. (laughs) Amazing. No, you got to move your eyebrows.
1: That's what I'm talking
0: Another fun fact, I didn't know this. Apparently, him yelling garbage day before he shoots a man was a meme in the early 2000s. I had never seen it before, and And you said you had.
1: I had seen it online, but I never knew what it was. I never knew what it was from. I was like a child.
0: So if you've actually seen this movie, spoiler alert if you haven't, the majority of it is the first movie, 40 Minutes. We counted. No,
1: yeah, solidly like it's at 42.18, I think-ish. And And
0: (laughs) the movie is like an hour... 28. 20. (laughs) So originally the producers just wanted Lee Harry to cut together a movie using the majority of the first movie. But as Ricky being a mental patient and the first movie was just like this bizarre dream hallucination that he was having, the director thought that the audience deserved a little more than that. And that's when he wrote in Ricky being... Billy's little brother and gave the story a little more context even though I would say it's not that much more context.
1: <laughs> was Lee Harry the director for the first one? No, right? I don't know.
0: Let's look that up.
1: Because if they wrote him to be Billy's little brother I thought it was already revealed at the end of the first one that Ricky picks up the thing and looks at Mother Superior and is like naughty.
0: Yeah, but... For the second one, they didn't even want it to be Ricky. It wasn't going to originally be him. It was just going to be some mental patient.
1: Just dreaming of Billy?
0: Just dreaming of Billy. Just dreaming of the first one. Just so lazy. It is lazy. For a sequel. I know sequels are known for not being the best, but this is just... Lazy.
1: No, I honestly thought it was gonna be like Friday the 13th, two, And I already kind of started three. They do it again there. But yes. it's like the last five minutes. You see the last kill. You know, you're introducing new audiences, so they're like, oh, let's put the last five minutes in, so they're not just like completely caught off guard. But this one was like, bitch, you didn't see the first one, so here it is again. Again. I wonder how they got away with it. Is it the same production company?
0: I need you to stop asking me questions. This is like
1: this, <laughs> this is like when we do our commentary videos and I show the whole last movie. Honestly. The movie was a commentary video for the first 40 minutes. It's Ricky being like, this crazy kid was like, fuck you, your brother sucks. And then it shows some kid being like, your brother sucks.
0: Subscribe to our Patreon. (laughs) The rest of these fun facts, again, they're from IMDb, so take them as you will. The film was shot within 10 days and that love scene was dramatically cut down, which is hilarious to me in a movie that doesn't have a lot of original material or
1: runtime. With the fact that they kept just the stoic... Static holding and nothing else. Lack of chemistry. What did they? Oh, was it chemistry?
0: (laughs) They cut out all the chemistry, all the romantic tension just had to go.
1: (laughs) All nine days were shot of that sex scene. The tenth day
0: (laughs) was the rest of the movie. (laughs) movie. I would believe you if you told me that was. There were two
1: settings the park and the inside of that insane asylum. Which is also where they shot the sex scene. Did they just turn the lights off?
0: <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be able to pass them because I'm sure they didn't have a huge budget for this film.
1: Did they even have a budget?
0: <laughs> that is a good question.
1: <laughs> They're like, how much movie can we make with $2? $2.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think they padded the runtime of the movie with 10 minutes of credit. So you're not that far off.
1: True. Yeah, the beginning is like five, six minutes of him just smoking with the intro credits plan.
0: It's a very long intro.
1: Yeah, of an hour and 28. We've already listed like... 50 minutes of it that is not actual movie.
0: Shall we get into it then?
1: (laughs) We'll have to do a speed run. Oh. My (laughs) speed run's longer than this movie.
0: Ready, set,
1: go. So Ricky's in an insane asylum and he gets visited by some doctor and his name is Bloom and he's like, I know what you did. And he's like, yeah, or whatever. I got raised by these people who got killed and they got killed by Santa and they were, we were sent to an orphanage and Billy was Santa and killed everybody. And so I've got contact trauma off of that. And so, uh, Bloom is like, well, what else happened? He's like, I'm gonna tell you some secrets that not everybody knows because I have no reason to tell you, but I am gonna because you're gonna die in a few seconds. And he tells him about a bunch of other killings that he did. And then finally, the one that actually put him in there, which was killing a bunch of people in a neighborhood. And he's like, yeah, so that's my story. And then we pan over to Bloom and Bloom is dead. And then he escapes. He goes to kill some Santa outside a store. He steals his suit. He goes to look for Mother Superior, who he blames for everything. It's kind of like an anti-hero story because he's like, she's the reason that we became fucked up. She's the reason. And so he goes and then tries to kill her. He does kill her. Cops find them. They shoot him out the window. And he's not dead because he smiles at the end.
0: He literally came in at 59 seconds.
1: I tried to fluff it up a little bit, okay?
0: Contact trauma. Wow, that is my favorite phrase now. (laughs) I will say Ricky's not wrong. Mother Superior is to blame for this. I just would like to say that for being the holiday season and us picking this film, there is very little Christmas in this movie.
1: If it weren't because in the beginning it's like, it's December 24th and there's a Santa suit at the end, 90% of it is... In summer. The only thing that happens in Christmas is the last five minutes.
0: So that's our bad. We could have chosen a <laughs> film that had more holiday spirit, but we didn't know.
1: Oh, this has holiday spirit.
0: It's got something. Yeah.
1: I'd say that uh, Ricky's actor puts enough spirit in all oh, of it. Oh, he us. really does. Yeah. He makes his movie worth watching. The overacting that he does. Oh,
0: completely. And
1: he's like, ha ha. ha. So the movie starts with Ricky, Billy's little brother, smoking a cigarette in what looks like a prison. We get the longest scene of an orderly suspiciously setting up some recording equipment while every little noise and tick from Ricky keeps him on edge. The literal tension between this orderly and Ricky is like.
0: There's more chemistry between him and this orderly than him and Jennifer.
1: (laughs) They both look like they've seen some shit with each other. Yes. Dr. Henry Bloom enters the room and forcibly asks the orderly to leave before starting his session. Looking back at this now, and given what we find out Ricky's done in the past, it's odd that the doctor would just be like, fuck no, I don't want any protection. I've got this.
0: He is incredibly mean to this orderly. It feels a little bit racist. It does. He yells at him in a way that's incredibly rude. And I think... If an orderly has spent the most time with a patient that is criminally insane, you're going to trust his judgment on this patient.
1: Later, we find out that Ricky tells him stories that aren't even in the reports of some killings that he did in secret. But the one that put him in the insane asylum in the first place is the killing spree in the neighborhood, that's he dangerous even, off he, the bat. He doesn't even have like glass separating him, he's just free, no cuffs. He's, he's allowed
0: to smoke cigarettes.
1: And this doctor's just like, I've got this, and he's like a twig of a man. Meanwhile, Ricky's over there, double his size. This guy is swole. The guy playing Ricky is swole, like he's Billy, got a tiny head, giant body.
0: <laughs> like Billy, the family genetics here are just swole dudes.
1: Billy looked swole, but this guy looks like He's been in prison for 20 years. <laughs> but
0: skipped leg day every day.
1: Yeah, his legs are fragile. They should have just sweeped the leg and they would have <laughs> He would have him. been good. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Bloom reveals he's Ricky's last chance and acts real tough even when Ricky starts screaming and getting closer. That orderly knows damn well what Ricky's capable of because he enters the room again with these piercing eyes. The actor who's the orderly, he's got these eyes that are like... I- Almost worse than Ricky. But he just gets yelled at by Bloom to leave. The date then appears at the bottom of the screen and shows that it's December 24th. Bloom asks Ricky who killed his parents. And Ricky completely self-aware just says, you really want to know? Santa Claus.
0: (laughs) Is that self-aware? Or just a flair for the dramatics?
1: That's what I don't know. Is that Ricky's character is so just unreadable that you can't tell if it's just how insane he is or if he himself knows how over the top he is. Santa Claus killed my parents. I don't know if it's the real one, but he did. It sounds insane, but but that's what happened.
0: But he's an adult. Shouldn't he be like cognizant of the fact that it was a man dressed as Santa?
1: Do kids? Well, do kids in the orphanage go around being like Santa Claus isn't real when they are literally being like abused by nuns? I think the last thing they're talking about. That is, is a how, question
0: for oh. the first movie.
1: <laughs> I think the last thing that they're learning is how unreal Santa Claus is.
0: Oh, unreal. How unreal. <laughs>
1: He says Santa Claus and commences the entire first movie. And when we say the entire first movie, we already said it in fun facts. It's literally 40 minutes with a little bit of interjection between Bloom and Ricky. There are things that happen in the flashbacks that I'm like, Ricky would have not even known this happened.
0: I wanted to give this movie the benefit of the doubt. I thought we were just going to see maybe like the killing of their parents and we were going to go from there.
1: And the mother superior part where it picks up. Right. He watches his brother get killed in front. He's like it's because of Santa Claus that he died and people being naughty.
0: I would have excused those two scenes cuz they do seem fundamentally traumatic for Ricky. But no, we get the entire first movie. Even the stuff
1: at the toy store, the stuff in the sledding. Things where, that
0: Ricky would <laughs> not know. No.
1: The one that gets me is like, okay, even if we're like, right, 20 minutes of flashback with Billy killing people. We even get that one scene that's like a send-off of the dad entering the little daughter's house and the cops thinking he's the killer.
0: Like a throwaway joke in the first film makes it into the second.
1: Anyway, in the flashbacks, at one point, Bloom asks Ricky how he could remember Santa killing his parents if he was just a baby. Good point. I'm not a person who's gone through this, and I've heard of studies of like this where it's like even as a baby... There are traumatic things that you can pick up and continue to feel throughout your life.
0: You're just a sponge at that age. You pick up everything.
1: Bloom asks him to describe his time at the orphanage, but other than one scene where a kid makes fun of Ricky for having a psycho brother, the entire flashback is Billy's. The orphanage flashback ends with Ricky saying he's the only one who heard Billy screaming when Mother Superior punished him for being naughty. This was after he punched the fuck out of Santa Claus
0: oh that's still my favorite scene in the first movie
1: ricky's entire point is obviously that because he's being naughty people get punished blue implies that billy left him behind trying to say that like you know your brother didn't even care about you why do you care about everything that happened to him but ricky's like it was because billy was 18 not because he left me behind we then flash to older billy working at the toy store and killing people ricky says it's mother superior's fault for teaching him to punish people who are naughty this underlying story does make sense and i did like this about the first one until obviously billy kills and ricky does the same thing but like until they kill innocent people they're almost
0: like an anti-hero that's one thing i will give this film credit for it wants to say that Ricky's just a mental patient he's mentally ill but he realizes that mother superior is the one that ingrained all these horrible things into billy and blames her it's almost like he saw the first movie
1: (laughs) (laughs) the way he describes how determined billy was shows how much this older ricky idolized his brother like he truly had a close relationship that we don't ever see on screen but it seems like they were closer than we thought ricky continues the flashbacks and dr bloom says that it was obvious where billy was headed this pisses ricky off leading him to threaten bloom but when bloom says he's not scared ricky keeps his cool and just says (laughs)
0: Not yet. Eyebrows, eyebrows, eyebrows.
1: (laughs) We finally end at Ricky as a kid watching Billy shot dead in the Santa suit. We get more flashbacks as to how he ended up here. Turns out Sister Mary found him a family after the orphanage closed. The family knew of his background, but they already didn't really care for Christmas, so he was able to live a fairly normal childhood from then on. This isn't until we see him completely triggered by some nuns while out with his mom. To be fair, these are the most goth looking nuns. They could have chosen for this scene. The one girl's got like sunken eyes. They've got the most creepy quote unquote looking nuns that they could have chosen for this scene.
0: I truly think it's the way this scene is shot because they make them very dramatic and scary.
1: They look like vampires. I think that's what it is. They look like they could suck your blood at any moment.
0: Do nuns not suck your blood? Body of Christ. Yeah, I was going to say, isn't that what the blood is? (laughs) Of Christ, not children.
1: Sister Mary looks young. They recasted her, right? And obviously Mother Superior.
0: I was gonna say, I wonder if it's because those actresses were, at least Mother Superior. I don't know if she was still alive during the filming of this.
1: I thought the same thing. It's kind of funny to have Mother Superior flashbacks for like 20, 30 minutes of the movie and then still recast her completely.
0: They're not gonna notice, it's fine. <laughs>
1: So these nuns scare the hell out of him, and he tries to tell his mom about it, but they keep going in and out of stores, making his mom think he's losing it. Because every time she looks, they're gone, and they come out, and they come in. And a piece of artwork that's in the background gets covered with this like red blanket that has nothing to do with the nuns. It's just like nuns and red blanket, and that triggers Ricky even further, putting him into a panic with flashes to when his parents were killed.
0: So I think this is an interesting take, that just the color red is going to set Ricky off from now on. Because can you imagine that in your day-to-day life? Like a And yes, you're a bull. (laughs) Just the fact that he's essentially a human bull, yeah, (laughs) is what's ridiculous. He's
1: got the body of a bull. He's got the head of a baby, though.
0: I um, will say, I'm going to cast my vote for Billy being the hotter brother.
1: Hmm. When he starts to go into panic, this causes his foster parents to go back to Sister Mary to discuss what's been going on with him. And although things aren't really looking that good for Ricky in the flashback, they're encouraged by Sister Mary to keep giving him a stable home life so he can get over his trauma.
0: I don't know what it's like to adopt a child, much less a child that's already a little older than like a newborn stage or a lot older. But- Are people not coached through adoptions? Because I feel like trauma, home life, things like that are to be expected. Like it's not going to be a super smooth transition into having a kid and keeping that kid. Like you're going to have to work with them. This was... I would say not that bad of a freak out from Ricky and
1: then they're like he saw nuns and color he lost red. it and he lost it now we want to return him he's not the perfect child we thought he was
0: yeah they're treating him like he's something to be returned I hope that's not how adoption works I know it's the 80s so probably like therapy and family coaching and stuff like that is not a thing
1: or the people couldn't handle the heat because if they already knew his background and why they wouldn't the mom him. be like okay this is one of those that episodes we need to help him through it Yeah, instead of being like we need to go back to the nuns. We don't know what we got ourselves into.
0: Yeah, I don't know.
1: Cut to five years later, and his stepdad died, which Ricky says took its toll on him. Let me just say they done goofed on the actor they chose to play young adult Ricky, simply because they're like he's seventeen, and then at eighteen they show him as completely day, different. <laughs> Honestly, they look about the same age.
0: Ricky, as a character, has had twenty-five actors play him
1: <laughs> in the span of eighteen years. Yes,
0: the little baby is different. The kid in the orphanage is different and then when Billy's shot in front of him that's a different actor when he has his freak out in the street that's a different actor and then it's five years later and that's a different actor I would also like to point out these actors go from blonde to brunette to blonde to brunette to (laughs) blonde to brunette I don't know
1: (laughs) Anyway, Ricky says he started feeling like running away, and we get this odd face-to-face between him and Bloom where he's like, I've never told anyone this before. Bloom's like, let it out. And Ricky's like, here it comes.
0: That sounds very sexual.
1: (laughs) It does. Younger Ricky watches from a distance as a couple is out on a picnic. The guy ends up trying to assault the girl in almost the same shot for shot way his mother was attacked before she was killed. Ricky angrily says naughty while the woman puts up enough fight to cause the dude to walk off pissed for another beer. I see that she put up a good fight, but this dude just ends up being frustrated. He hits her. He kind of just gives up. So she puts up enough fight in that like he's like, I'm over this, but I'll be back. He says he'll be back. But we all know that's not true.
0: So many things with this scene make me upset. The first one being that he says something is going to happen to her shirt.
1: Uh, Everything. She's like, I know that it's okay when you're with your friends, but it's not okay right now. Girl, it's never okay.
0: And I don't think that's something that was like well known in the 80s. I feel like this is awful to say. But like discussions about what's consensual are unfortunately fairly modern. And back then it was just pushed under the rug, which makes this scene that much more horrible.
1: Yeah. Ricky watches all of this and he's like naughty. And this scene goes differently than what we see with Billy. This is what makes me think that Ricky could have been a a good person. He was more like a vigilante.
0: It's interesting that both their episodes were triggered by something very similar to what their mother experienced and they were trying to intervene and protect Difference being that with Billy, the woman that he was protecting also freaked out, justifiably, because he killed a person.
1: (laughs) Yeah, this girl has no regrets. (laughs) She said, thank you. And he said, oh, no worries. Oh, yeah,
0: cool. It's great. (laughs) Completely different take on this thing, but it's interesting. Okay, I'll give this movie one point for that one.
1: He is technically an anti-hero up to a point.
0: And again, I think it's interesting that both these movies... Frame it the way that their mother was killed is what triggered their killing sprays. It feels almost like you accidentally got something right about the way trauma works, (laughs) you know?
1: About to make a controversial statement, but what's the difference between this guy and batman batman's entire (laughs) okay my point is that like we're saying that oh well this kicks off their trauma and they're saving people because it reminds them of the trauma that happened with their mother and it's like that's exactly the batman story my parents were killed as a kid i'm never gonna let that happen again it kind of gives that same energy until he obviously goes unhinged it's batman he's definitely
0: (laughs) he's batman okay ricky ricky's batman Batman.
1: (laughs) To wrap this whole thing up, when he gets to his car, Ricky is already waiting in the driver's seat. He runs the guy over just back and forth, back and forth, finishing the job. He notices the woman standing nearby and she's completely calm and is just
0: like, thanks. And they just go their separate ways. This woman did not like this man.
1: Back in prison, Ricky takes note that Dr. Bloom wrote down the car was red, further proving it's the trigger. He's like, hmm, red car. Good point. <laughs>
0: You know what? You just unlocked my entire trauma, my entire psyche. I'm done with therapy. I don't need it anymore.
1: <laughs> I always wondered why I did that one.
0: <sighs> you solved my life, Doc.
1: <laughs> Ricky says his mom couldn't afford sending him to college, so he got a job at 18, and we flashed to Ricky as he looks in current day, one year apart from the last one that looked nothing like him.
0: He was just in the gym every day. With Changed his face. His face. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Anyway, he's throwing the trash out at night when he overhears a guy beating someone up for not having his money. The guy wipes his face with a red towel, which is so specific for someone trying to avoid any unwanted attention. You disagreed. I disagree. But if you're beating someone up in an alley, the last thing you're doing is flashing a giant red towel to wipe your face. That calls attention.
0: I just said I disagreed because it seems very like mafia storytelling to be like this mobster had a specific calling he's the red hanky guy (laughs) he's this type of guy you know like this movie is ridiculous so that doesn't seem far off to me
1: honestly before he showed the red hanky the guy who he's beating up has red pants and i thought that was what was going to be ricky's trigger ricky notices causing him to basically obliterate this man with the umbrella from resident evil it's just the like white red pattern from umbrella it's such a crazy kill and ricky looks insane doing it the whole time he's just like He gets punched in the face by the guy, and he's just like... I can't wait to
0: see this playback in your face.
1: I'm sure I look ugly. Don't look at it. (laughs) But so does Ricky. He looks intense. He looks at this guy, stabs him straight through the stomach, and says naughty with the umbrella, opening it up behind him, making for an insane visual, which is so cool. If you like crazy visual kills, the man falls to the floor, and as it starts to rain, we zoom in onto the bloodied umbrella... And it faces back to him talking to Dr. Bloom.
0: I vote this as the best kill of the movie.
1: They went hard on this one, for sure. They really did. <laughs> I don't even think the car battery one is as intense as this one is. <laughs>
0: the car battery one doesn't make sense to me. But <laughs> it's funny. What are the odds that you're... Again, he's very vigilant to you, I agree with you. What are the odds that you're on your break from work and you see someone harassing another person and you're just like naughty. psycho killer? Yeah. yeah. I, I do appreciate that they keep the naughty and punish... In this, I wonder if it's kept throughout the rest of the franchise. It
1: seems like these derail at some point, right? Because there's even like a Toymaker one. So I've assuming... heard that's a
0: very good one.
1: Okay. Can't wait to get to him then. Because I do like Ricky. I don't know if he comes back for the third one. We'll save that for when we get there, I guess. I don't know. Dr. Bloom is sweating bullets as he realizes the killings Ricky's described aren't in his reports. You saw that he's killed so many people unapologetically. Gives no fucks or regrets that he did it. But these two kills, these like hero kills are the ones that have you sweating bullets?
0: And I said I disagreed with you. (laughs) Just because the doctor knew about Ricky's like spree killing. So I think these killings kind of make him a little more complex, like the ones they didn't know about because they were somewhat in defense of others. But it also lets you know that he's not someone who just had a psychotic break. He's kind of more calculated. And then I was like, well, maybe I'm just reading too much into this movie.
1: (laughs) He also killed his ex-girlfriend and her ex-boyfriend. There's more there than would make me think he's just suddenly broken down and killed a bunch of people in the neighborhood. And knowing the, the background of his brother and his parents were killed and he killed his... You know, it's just, there's just too much there that the doctor would have already known about.
0: Again, I just thought it meant that he is a more complicated, complex killer than the doctor anticipated him to be. True. Sure.
1: But as he wipes away his sweat with a handkerchief, there's a big red bee on it. And Ricky's like bitch he looks over his shoulder and he doesn't actually see the bee but bloom is like i think uh i think i'm good for today i definitely over anticipated whatever and ricky's like No, no 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 we're gonna keep doing this you're in a hurry now he insists that bloom stay Bloom slides a picture of a woman over to Ricky asking who she is. And Ricky says her name is Jennifer, the only thing that I ever cared about. They met in a parking lot after she knocks him off his motorcycle with her car. I only point it out because the way he falls is so cartoonish. She like falls sideways and is like.
0: (laughs) He looks so mad in the process.
1: (laughs) She just smiles at him flirtatiously instead of being like, oh, my fucking God, are you okay?
0: This just goes to show you, lovely people of the internet, if you're hot, you can get away with running someone over
1: (laughs) That is not okay.
0: <laughs> it's not okay, but that's how he acts.
1: We are not encouraging you to go do that. Absolutely Please not. Please don't do that. <laughs> I don't care how hot you think
0: you are. <laughs> okay, if you give someone a love tap and you get out of the vehicle and you're hot, you can get away with it.
1: Don't do that. <laughs> There's this awkward love montage where they're just like laying on top of each other naked, but it ends with two of them at the movies.
0: Just no buildup, no romantic chemistry, just the most vanilla looking sex you've ever seen in your life.
1: There's one point where his hand's floating. <laughs> Over her back.
0: (laughs) I will give it to this actor, though. It seemed like he was like, I am trying to be very respectful of you.
1: They end the montage at the movies, and Ricky's completely in awe at a commercial about violence and death. And Jennifer's like, you actually like this stuff? While they're waiting for the movie to start, we see some obnoxious dude in the background yelling and throwing popcorn around. Jennifer's annoyed that they're going to have to deal with it, but Ricky's like, it's fine, the movie's starting. The guy keeps yelling, so Ricky turns around to mean mug him, causing the guy to notice and heckle him. Ricky's pissed, but Jennifer distracts him by saying she really likes him and feels he's different. They're about to kiss when the dude in the back makes kissy noises and keeps making fun of them. He even calls him the F word. And Jennifer's you know, like, we all know that's not true.
0: It's very odd in like so many films. From this time into the, like, early to mid-2000s where you like a woman, so you're gay. It makes no sense to me. You are making out with a woman, so you're gay. You actually like your girlfriend or your wife? No, this is something that just does not make sense to me in these movies. It's just, like, showing affection to a woman as a man makes you gay.
1: Yeah, can't like your wife because that's not straight enough.
0: This is like so layered. I won't get into it on this very ridiculous movie, but just the whole men don't like women. They just like the woman form and actually showing affection towards women is seen as a negative thing is incredibly interesting to me.
1: Mm. Even amongst men, it's just so stupid. It really is. You can't be a better man because men will put you down for it. So you get a lot of this same misogyny and teaching and, and avoidance, right? Like Toxic people will avoid masculinity, speaking up because they're like, well, I'm going to be roasted by like <sighs> literally everyone else. So why? But it takes like a special person to be like, hey, no, I'm not going to do what you say just because you think that and you and your buddies are laughing about it. I'm not going to fucking do it. I don't give a fuck about you, dude. I give a fuck about my girlfriend and or wife
0: or wife and or
1: husband or boyfriend. I'm going to do what I want and it has nothing to do with you. So fuck off.
0: Yeah, it's just insecure people
1: but the guy keeps yelling i sound like a ricky stan you really do (laughs) but i do commend him because like as pissed and chaotic and triggered as he is until he kills the dude he holds his ground he's just like pissed turns back at him and jennifer's like hey like fuck that guy and he's like okay fine like i love you he had potential to be good aside from the killings that he did but he had potential
0: aside from the two people he's already murdered at this point he he had potential to save people Who's on his vigilante shit. Jennifer is able to calm him down
1: again, so Ricky asks what the movie's about anyway, and Jennifer says, It's about a guy who dresses up as Santa Claus and kills people. Ricky's like, What? (laughs) It's just so, what? His voice completely goes up an octave.
0: (laughs) I need to sue this production company (laughs) for stealing my life story.
1: Yes, it's footage literally from the first movie that's up on screen.
0: (laughs) We've already recapped this movie in the first 40 minutes. You know what you need? More of the first movie.
1: Ricky says punish and gets up leaving Jennifer in her seat long enough for some dude named Chip to come talk to her. Chip is her ex-boyfriend who it sounds like cheated on her and set her up. He wants to know if she'll get back with him, but she's clearly uncomfortable and doesn't want anything to do with him.
0: Chip looks like he did not finish dyeing his hair blonde.
1: No, he's got like brown patches right here. Mm-hmm. And then he's got full-ass platinum later.
0: They really should have just waited till he finished dyeing his hair to shoot all these scenes.
1: They were like, he's 18 and then 19.
0: This man looks 42. He really does.
1: He looks like if Harry Styles completely did all the drugs on the planet.
0: Don't insult Harry <laughs> Styles like that. Don't tell me he doesn't look like Harry Styles if he was
1: completely off as a fucking rocker with drugs. No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: fucking turn your head. Battle you. Yeah.
1: In the background, the douche starts predicting the movie out loud to his friend. He keeps leaning over until, on one camera pan, it's actually Ricky who just whispers. Before cutting back to Jennifer and Chippel, we hear groaning in the background. It's funny because he's like, and so like the dude's going to kill somebody in the basement and it's fucking so predictable. Like, look at this. Look at this. He's look at him. He's going to the basement and then down in the basement, there's going to be like no lights on. And then Ricky's like put his tits in the dude's face.
0: If this were 2022, this guy would have a movie. Critique podcast. <laughs> what do He really would. Also, you said the douche, and that just made me think of Parks and Rec. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, he might as well be the douche. Nick Kroll. Jennifer and Chip turn around to notice that the guy's feet are just flailing around, but they pay no mind to it. Chip's date is waiting for him, so he finally walks off saying he'll be home all summer waiting for her. Meanwhile, Ricky's already sitting in the next seat next to Jennifer. She wants to leave, but Ricky's like, nah, I'm starting to like this movie. And he smiles ominously at the camera.
0: So that kill is so cartoony
1: yeah it's just feet flailing
0: flailing you don't know how he's killed or what happens to him you just assume he's killed
1: you don't even know if he is killed
0: right what if he just knocked him out i also feel very bad for chip's date who's just waiting on the sidelines while he hits on another girl his ex i don't understand
1: that conversation because at one point chip tells jennifer your dad hasn't seen you around the club anymore Where have you been? And then later she says, it looks like your time is running out or are you using a credit card? I'm like, do they work at a strip club or something? Is that where he knows her?
0: So I think the writers tried to create like a backstory for this couple and it just didn't work out unless you actually know what happened between them. You're just supposed to infer that they have history.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Ricky also makes like some insensitive slut shamey comments because he's like, it was my first time and I also thought it was hers.
0: I really didn't like that comment. I think of all the things that Ricky's got going on, he shouldn't add slut shaming to it. Naughty, Ricky. Naughty.
1: Later, the two of them are out for a walk and he is like very soft spoken when he's not murdering people. He's like, hey, how uh, cute. I was thinking about, you know, what time do you get out of work? Because there's a spot I really want to show you. He's very soft spoken when they're out just for a stroll in the neighborhood. But. They run into Chip, who's working on his car. Jennifer tries to avoid him, but he starts making fun of her for ending up with Ricky and tells her he wants her back. Ricky intervenes saying that's enough, but Chip brags about how he had sex with her in his red car. Jennifer tries stopping him, but he brushes her aside, causing her to fall. This drives Ricky over the edge, so he pushes Chip down over the car and shoves a jumper cable into his mouth. It's connected to a car battery charger, so Ricky just ramps all the dials up to maximum This fries Chip's head to the point that his eyes explode right out of his skull.
0: Would this happen? I don't know. That's fine.
1: (laughs) No, I don't know. I don't think your tongue is connected to your eyeballs. But- No, I I don't know. I really don't
0: know. (laughs) This kill is ridiculous. Not to say that Chip didn't deserve this because he seems like a very slimy dude. There's just like so many things I hate about this scene. Who cares if Jennifer has had other partners? This guy's clearly a douche and I'm sure she regrets this being her
1: partner. Jennifer starts yelling at him, freaked out, but Ricky gets flashes of Mother Superior yelling at him, so he yells, punish. It isn't until he yells, punish, though, she's like, "Uh uh-oh, (laughs) <laughs> very goofily. Ricky grabs the car antenna off the car and strangles her right then and there. A silly Ace Ventura-looking cop yells out at him, asking him to freeze, but Ricky just twists the cop's hand, causing him to shoot himself in the head. Ricky picks the gun up and starts laughing. He's just like, Ha 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 You don't laugh too, Loki? ha 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 ha! ha.
0: So I feel like this is where most of the film's camp comes in. These next couple minutes are going to be
1: yeah he goes on a rampage through the neighborhood pretty much killing everyone in sight except for a little girl that bumps into him on her bike (laughs) she didn't see him just shoot somebody not five seconds before
0: so i think this is reminiscent of the first film where the babysitter is killed and the little girl is like polite to billy and billy gives her a knife do you remember that scene
1: yes but that scene was more creepy than this one was in that one you weren't sure if billy was about to kill a little girl there's so much suspense build up on that scene. And this one is just like she bumps into him and he's just like, that's okay.
0: <laughs> I argue that you don't know if Ricky's gonna kill this little girl, but because she's polite and says, excuse me, he's like, you're good. Not naughty. Yeah.
1: One person's taking their trash out and he's like, garbage day. <laughs> what? We even get a whole car explosion after Ricky shoots someone driving, causing them to spin out of control.
0: This movie did not have the budget for an original screenplay, but had the budget to blow up a car, is what blew my mind.
1: <laughs> if you look at this scene with the car, Winter Soldier in Captain America... Do you remember when he like puts a bomb underneath and Nick Fury's car flips and the Winter Soldier just steps aside? It's that close. If you watch Ricky, his body is like right here and the car just goes aside from him.
0: I did not notice that.
1: A bunch of cops are waiting for him at an intersection asking him to drop his weapon, but Ricky turns the gun on himself while laughing hysterically. The cops are like, no, don't do it. One of them is funny. He's like, don't do it. Drop it while turning to his cop buddies. He just killed a bunch of innocent people. Anyway, the gun ends up being empty, but Ricky did try pulling the trigger. We go back to present day and Ricky's got the finger guns up to his head and he says it's a shame that the gun was empty but he was stopped before he went to do what he really wanted to do he puts his cigarette down over the picture of jennifer and we pan over to see bloom is actually already dead and strangled over the table ricky leaves the room saying he knows who's to blame as we hear people scream for help in the hallway while zooming into the recording device on the table
0: do you wish we got to see bloom die on screen or do you think it's effective that he was killed off screen
1: it's effective in both ways i think it's effective to be like you already knew he was going to die. It doesn't matter how he died. But to see him die would have been satisfying because this so. guy gave off this whole, like, I'm hard. I don't need to worry about you energy. You sure you don't want the orderly's help?
0: I know. I mean, I as soon as I saw him walk in and be rude to the orderly, I told you I can't wait for this doctor to die.
1: Yes. And I think what's more upsetting is not watching the orderly beat Ricky's ass the way you knew at the beginning he wanted to. Because <laughs> that orderly was like... Give me one reason. He really was. <laughs> Give me one reason and I will fucking obliterate you right now. And then actually, I think you do hear the orderly outside be like, what? You know? And I think. You- Probably kills him, but that was unsatisfying. So the cops show up to the crime scene with Sister Mary and wonder where he'd be headed. Since the orphanage is closed, he'd have no way to find her, since she lives on her own after having a stroke. And Sister Mary's like, "Oh, <laughs> it's like they've got this feeling of comfort, or like, oh, the orphanage is closed. There's no way he'd find her." But the yellow pages exist in this era. It's the eighties. Cut to Ricky killing a man for his Santa costume. Ricky rips through the yellow pages and manages to get Mother Superior's phone number. I also wondered, what did he look up? <laughs> <laughs>
0: about to ask this is she listed in the yellow pages as mother superior
1: <laughs> superior last name mother
0: up, Mother.
1: <laughs> he calls her to say santa's back and hangs up on her leaving the phone booth while maniacally laughing this is the first time we see the modern day mother superior and i will say they went with the same logic as they did with the first one how do we make an older person look older you give them a wheelchair was the solution in the first one because obviously the lady who plays Mother Superior is the same age in both when Billy's young and older. So they were just like, well, put her in a wheelchair and then she looks older. In this one, they said, let's scar half her face and make it look like something else because she has a stroke. Forgive me if I don't know this, but I don't think that the scarring would be the result of a stroke like this. It looks more like a cancer. It looks more like cancer than a stroke.
0: So I think... Again, I could be wrong, but strokes lead people to have paralysis. What is done to Mother Superior is terrible special effects makeup. It's so bad that I kind of couldn't focus on anything else throughout the rest of the scenes when she was in them, just on how bad that makeup looked.
1: That's what leads me to believe that the only reason they did it was because like, we need to make her look even older. She's already in a wheelchair. How do we... Mess her up more,
0: or distract from the fact that it's not the same actress, right? That we've been showing in all these flashbacks, because Mother Superior was already ninety six when Billy was a kid, and somehow she's... Ricky's now forty five, and she's still ninety six.
1: <laughs> she's Mother Superior, man. The power of God has let her live the this long. The power of Christ compels her. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Kids are playing outside Mother Superior's place until one of their toys is destroyed by Ricky, who approaches. She's a little spooked, so she pulls out a bottle of wine, but she drops her glass when Ricky goes to the door with an axe.
0: Is it wine? It looks like brandy or cognac. I thought it was the blood of Christ. It's some dark liquor.
1: It's in a, deco- it's in a decanter. It's a decanter. <laughs> it's in a decanter. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What's a decanter?
1: It's in a decanter. <laughs> Uh, it's in a decanter, though, and like one that you have that I got you for Christmas.
0: No, that looks like a cognac or brandy decanter. Oh, did I, it? Didn't? Yeah.
1: Okay, whatever. What, she's drinking. It's though. that she's
0: hard like, liquor.
1: <laughs> oh, that's liquor. <laughs> yes. I want to point out that when Ricky goes at the door with the axe, we notice that her apartment is room 666. Why would someone who's religious not be like, I don't want to live there? Let me live somewhere else.
0: It does not make sense. <laughs> yeah. It's actually in the movie poster that he enters through a door that says 666.
1: Only for that reason does it make sense for the poster. But don't put that in the movie as in Mother Superior chose to live there.
0: Yeah. You know? I don't think she'd be <laughs> willingly there.
1: Yeah. Or they're like Mother Superior is the devil because she's the reason that these kids went to hell.
0: She dropped the gun.
1: Yeah. Mother Superior tries barricading herself in upstairs, but the axe Ricky has pretty much helps him get through anything that she throws at him. I even think it's funny because at one point it's just like a back and forth with her smashing the door in with her wheelchair. He opens it up. She smashes the door in again with her wheelchair. And then she grabs the keys and then she locks the door. Like, bro, she he has an axe this whole time he got in with the axe.
0: So why did we go through that whole bit? For funnies. For funnies. For funnies.
1: Yeah, for it's just jokes. He uses the axe to pretty much go through everything, and while Mother Superior sneaks back downstairs, Ricky goes on a rampage, squeaking at everything in sight. He finally finds her at the top of the stairs, trying to make her way down, but when he swings at her, she throws herself down the stairs. She makes it to the kitchen and grabs a knife before she starts taunting him that he's trash like his brother and needs to be punished. She kind of sounds like... The little old lady from Halloween Town, where she's just like, You are bad. You have to be punished. Take your punishment.
0: Halloween Town.
1: Yeah, the little grandma.
0: Oh, when they're like confronting the Calabar. Calabar. You
1: were raised by me. You have to be punished.
0: Take your punishment. She really buckles down on the fact that she just traumatized everyone. <laughs> this person is now an adult and she's like, I raised you, therefore you should respect me. For such a old way of thinking but good god yeah right this man is literally here to about kill you. to murder you she's like no you bend I over i will not be afraid of you grown man who's at the <laughs> gym every day and I am 125 in a wheelchair.
1: She's doing something that's making her live this long. It's killing children.
0: I think she has a pact with Satan.
1: Yeah, traumatizing children is kept her alive this
0: long. Is that the key <laughs> to a long life?
1: That's what's in that bottle. Fuck. We said brandy and wine. That's the, the, the blood of, of children. children. He's had it and is like naughty. This before bringing the axe down. In that instant, the cops show up outside, but it's too late. They go inside with Sister Mary and find Mother Superior seated at her dining table. Sister Mary approaches and her head just rolls off. Sister Mary collapses, revealing Ricky standing behind her. He raises his axe, but the lieutenant and another cop fire at him several times, blasting him out the window. He lays on the ground with his eyes shut as the cop goes over to Sister Mary, saying it's all over. She turns around and literally right here, like next to her face, she sees Mother Superior's head. Just decapitated and she starts screaming. In that instant, Ricky opens his eyes and smiles, leading us to the credits.
0: I don't think that chopping off Mother Superior's head would be that clean where he could then stage the body. He would have had to be very careful about it. It wouldn't be like a violent kill because there's no blood on her clothes.
1: That's just how old she is. She ain't got no blood. She's
0: got no blood in her life. <laughs> no. That's that's a good point.
1: The blood is in her feet because she ain't gotten off that wheelchair in ages.
0: That's fucked up. She got bunions.
1: <laughs> <laughs> So that's the end of the movie. There's like a faint swing of an axe and then the credits roll. What do you think of this ridiculous movie?
0: I feel like I need a minute to collect my thoughts. I think on the first watch, I was just so angry that the first 40 minutes were the first movie.
1: We truly brought our phones out. I was playing this app. You were watching TikToks.
0: Which is not cool when we're trying to cover a movie and trying to think of jokes and like cover it in a way that does it justice, but they didn't even have the patience to make a new movie or the budget, more likely. I think talking about it now and making fun of how ridiculous it is makes me appreciate it a little more and realize that there's some things that this film accidentally did correctly that were fun. Not exactly a very Christmassy movie, which I said at the beginning. Yes, the only literal
1: thing it has to do with Christmas is the day it's on, he steals a Santa suit, which also doesn't even like fit the Ricky vibe, right? Like Ricky has been killing regardless of the Santa suit. Okay. Billy's whole bit was like Santa
0: Uh, i think for him it was some sort of poetic justice for his brother
1: he's like i need to wear the same thing it's a super suit it's his super suit
0: i think you should not take a shot every time mother superior is set in this movie because i can't tell you how many times we started singing that song this is ridiculously campy i don't think it was their intention to make it this campy but eric freeman's acting was just accidentally perfect for this film and makes this film
1: he's so good again i don't know if he was in other stuff But I hope that this was his vibe in anything he did.
0: Just over the top like crazy. (laughs) So I'm going to give this movie a 5 out of 10. I don't know if it's something that I would throw on every Christmas, but it was very funny to watch for at least the last couple of minutes. I
1: would throw this on as a double feature. I'd be like, let's watch the whole last first movie and then throw on the last 30 of the (laughs) same one. Right, just skip the
0: first 40 of this.
1: Yeah, I'm going to be more generous. I think I'd give this a seven.
0: Oh, so you actually really enjoyed that? I had
1: fun with it. I wasn't bored even doing the write-up. Like, there's been movies that are, like, critically acclaimed, and I'm just like, oh, fuck, I have to watch this a third time now. We talk shit about a lot of movies. We talk great things about a lot of movies, but I think it takes a lot of effort and work. To just do anything. And I say this because I've been just riding the line of sanity. Editing even just our show and stuff for Patreon. So like I commend everybody who does anything. And this movie is an example of like a project that maybe didn't have the most effort. But the people who were in it did what they had to do. Ricky, Eric Freeman specifically, killed it. Killed everyone in this movie. And uh, yeah, I think Seven for me is a solid.
0: So I believe that someone tracked him down and made him do a commentary on this film let's go i'm gonna watch that see if we can find it yeah it's fun do not take this movie seriously it's just fun
1: okay so loki's waiting for his close-up but what's good
0: so both ripley and loki watched this movie with us and they had no reaction to anything but you know what they did react to a roomba that we just bought
1: <laughs> they said oh it's garbage day they really did i didn't know that we were buying garbage this shit's kind of sus elvira's like is this
0: my new BFF?
1: Because it has a little light on the front and Elvira still loves chasing shadows.
0: <laughs> that or one day she's going to kill it. I don't know.
1: She already tried because upstairs it was mapping and she was like diving over it and landed on it and it was like, oh, obstruction.
0: <laughs> no, I did not know that. Do you want to tell us about it, Loki? I'm just laughing at the fact that he's in Ripley's back and <laughs> it's very tiny. for.
1: If I lay here, the Roomba will get me. This is the only
0: room the Roomba I can't access. Well, we had to get it because you guys are so messy. Yeah. Okay. That was Sally and I Deadly Night and
1: I think we're pretty much good to go for the holidays.
0: Again, this movie's not real heavy with the holiday spirit, but...
1: You know what is heavy with the holiday spirit? This drink that we made for today. So... Chug along, shoot us a message. Let us know what you thought of Silent Night, Deadly Night Two, and
0: as always, we hope you guys had a good time here with us. You can follow us pretty much anywhere at Shaken Not Scared Pod, except Twitter. Twitter Shaken Scared Pod. You could send us an email at shaking Scared pod at gmail.com.
1: Support so the show on Patreon. We have a bunch of bonus episodes over there, so make sure not to miss them. Like I said, we just released Thanks Killing. It's another commentary video, so we had fun with it. I think we're funny. Go watch. <laughs> Listen wherever you get your podcast. Give us a follow. Check out our drink videos. If you're watching this on
0: YouTube, comment, subscribe. Be sure to like, rate, review, all that good stuff. And Kate okay, thinks, bye. Bye!